Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. So this morning, we're going to finish off our uh, our Life, Freedom, Purpose message series uh, on purpose. It's one of the hot topics that we often uh, talk about, I often preach about um, in, in our church. It's something I'm really passionate about. Uh, I think God's really passionate about it too. He's passionate about the fact that you are not uh, an accident. He's passionate about the fact that you are created with intent and by design and that he has things that he's designed for you to do. Yes, but he's also got a purpose in the fact that he's designed you to be in relationship with him. That's the greatest sense of purpose. But uh, this morning, I really wanted to bring around, um, again, looking at the story of Lazarus in John 11, uh, how it pertains to purpose. And we kind of touched a little bit on it last, us, uh, the last time we were in this message, which was a couple of Sundays ago, uh, and when we we're talking about freedom. And uh, so I want to just uh, come around the same message in the same verse as that message uh, as we look at purpose. And uh, so let me, let me just quickly give you a quick recap. Uh, so the life of uh, Lazarus, Lazarus ends up sick, uh, Lazarus ends up dying, Jesus goes uh, much to uh, his disciples, like, what the heck are you up to? They want to kill you if you go back to that region. He goes, I'm going to awaken him. I'm going to awaken Lazarus. And in this, uh, this story of Jesus going to awaken Lazarus, not just for Lazarus' good, but for the glory of God, uh, we see uh, some, some, some similarities and some metaphors to, I believe, the purpose and the passion of Jesus and what should be the purpose and passion of our church. Uh, and so the first message to wake into life is this. Jesus says uh, in John 11, 11, I go, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I love that Jesus calls Lazarus his friend. Uh, I love that in, in Psalms it says that we can be the friend of God. I don't know what you, uh, your uh, belief is around um, God and around Christianity, around, around having a faith in God, but often we see God as far away, as distant, as almighty, but I love that through Jesus, we can see friendship, we can see closeness, we can see intimacy, we can see him coming in, in, in a very close and intimate relationship. And that is uh, uh, the paramount point of Jesus coming was that we could actually get back into a close relationship with God. And uh, I love, he says, my friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I go to awaken him uh, and to bring him to life. And that's the transaction for every single person when they encounter Jesus. It's a death to life experience. It's a spiritual, you're, the, the, the Ephesians says that we're spiritually dead and that Jesus awakens us. He, 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 there's, a, there's a part of us that has been brought back to life through the, through the Spirit of God and believing in Jesus Christ. And, and this is the purpose and the point of, of the church. In fact, C3 has a, has a statement that says that the true north of C3 is the salvation of lost people. That's the true north. And uh, it's, it can be easy to end up spending most of your church life doing church activity for, for Christians. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yes, we've got to feed the sheep. Yes, we've got to encourage one another. And this message is about bringing out the purpose of those that are in Christ, right? But, uh, but we can spend so much of our time, if we're not careful, forgetting the fact that we have a mission field and a mandate to reach the lost. And, uh, and I love that Jesus, to great, uh, at, at great cost and with potential um, uh, persecution and even the risk of his life, he risked it to go to Lazarus. And we've got to be a risk-taking church, amen? Uh, and then in the next message I'm buying to freedom was this message, which, this verse which we're going to be in today as well. It says, in John 11, 44, the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to him, unbind him 
and let him go. Jesus said to them, and I think this is really critical that we understand that it's Jesus that does the awakening. The spiritual transaction of salvation is something that we have, no, we don't do that work. We, we can't save anybody, right? We can bring them into place. Like it's like uh, if, we're in a rest, if we're in a restaurant, you're the waiter. You don't cook the food. <laughs> you're not the person making the food. You're the person getting it to the table to the person making sure. Like we don't, we, we are not the bastions and the creators of salvation. Only Jesus is, right? But we, it's our responsibility to bring, to, to bring people, to, to get them into a place where they can meet Jesus. But he says this, but there is a part that we do play. And he says that Jesus says to them, to them, unbind him and let him go. And this is, was such a huge revelation for me because unbinding someone is, is, is about freedom, right? When someone's bound, they're not free, but when they're unbound, they are set free. And it says his hands and feet were bound, and that speaks to uh, what you're called to do, uh, your purpose, like what you can do with your hands and feet, where you can go and what you can do, but his, also his face was wrapped with a cloth, which speaks to our identity. Your face your, is the seat of your identity. And, uh, and he called the people to unmask and to remove the face wrapping and to remove the, the things that bound his feet. And so we see that freedom comes to you and then freedom comes through you. And it's possible that you can be an awakened to life in a relationship with Jesus, but still be quite bound. And there's a point in the part of the, the body of Christ that we are, the, the family of God, that we are to help one another into freedom. And that as you take the steps into freedom, it's not just freedom for yourself, but then you become a person uh, that can actually bring other people into freedom. Uh, it would be interesting, as I said, if, if the people that Jesus said, come and can you unbind this person? They're all bound like, okay, let me try and unbind him. I'll just come up to him. It would be a, a weird sort of scenario. And so there's this almost this sense of assumption that there's freedom in their lives to bring freedom into other, someone else's life. Right, And so we, you know, as, as Christians, we're called to be the most freest people on the planet. Jesus Christ said, for freedom, he set us free. Like, Jesus set us free. And so there is a sense of moving towards that and, 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 there's, and that we do that together, that your freedom can help mine. Freedom comes to you and freedom comes through you. Let's move on to the message this morning. It's this let go to purpose, let go to purpose. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Let him go. See, the definition of purpose is this, the reason for which something is done or created or what, which something exists. I love some of the synonyms, and this is what I didn't realize, but some of the synonyms of purpose, which would aim, allow, aspire, calculate, meditate, contemplate, sorry, yeah, that's right, design, look, plan, propose, intend. But here's one that I didn't realize, a synonym of purpose is go. Isn't that interesting? Purpose has movement, Right? Purpose has, has, a, has a sense of movement and direction. A synonym of purpose is go. Some of the antonyms of, of the word purpose is vague, meaningless, aimless, and unplanned. And how many people in this world today feel like they're living in an existence like that? Uh, it's, it's vague. It sometimes feels meaningless, aimless, unplanned. It's like they're going from one day to another. Like, oh, it can feel like Groundhog Day. You know, God actually calls us to have intention and design and, and, and purpose and a sense of we're going somewhere. We're going after something. Here's what the Bible says. It says uh, that you're formed in your inward parts. You're knitted together. It says, I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not a mistake. You're not, you're not, you're thought of. You're thought about and you're made with intent. 
It says that in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. God has formed our days. It says that in Ephesians, we are his workmanship, created for good works. So we're created for good works, yeah? It says, I know the plans I have for you. So God has plans for us. He says, for those, it says that I love those, love you and all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So we're called to purpose. This is such a, a thread through scripture. Truly, truly, I say, Jesus says, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. So there's this thread of, of works, of, of plans, of, 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 of the days written down and, and, and a sense of God's design for our life. You were born for purpose. You were made for purpose. And as I said, no one is a mistake. You're not unplanned, unwanted. No one is worthless. Everyone is highly valued. And I love this design that we are designed by God, loved by God, called by God, purposed by God. And that means we have a reason. We have a call. We have a task. We have a mission. We have a, we have a purpose. It also means that you matter and that you're important and that you're vital and that you're needed and that no one can do what you can do. That no two people are called the same. No two people are the same. That is in, in your uniqueness and your identity. There is a uniqueness about you that is necessary to the plans and the purposes of God to flow through you because no one can do what you're designed to do. And Jesus loved Lazarus in the story, and I love that that's so important that his movement and his, his motivation was of, out, of, out of love. And so Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Unbind his hands and feet, purpose, and unbind his face, identity, and then let him go. And I just love this language. And so I've got three Ps for you this morning. I'm one of, those, one of those kind of messages. The three P's of purpose. Woo, come on, the three. Alliteration, isn't it great? The three P's of pur- purpose. That's a mouthful for me. <laughs> Peter Piper picked up. No, I'm not going to go there. Um, the first one is just the person of purpose. And I want to start with the person of purpose because I think this is the critical uh, framework which we must view everything else from. Because purpose is a much talked about, much desired, yet often much misunderstood thing. It can be so misunderstood. If I were to ask you, what is your purpose? What are you born to do? Could you answer me? I said, come on, what is God's purpose for your life? What, what is the plans of God? What are, you, what, is, what are you created for? Tell me. I think most of us might have some ideas, but we might also stumble around a bit going, well, you know, we all want to live a life of significance, to do something, achieve something that matters, Hanging around church long enough and you'll hear purpose pep talks, especially in this church, right? So you're going to hear purpose pep talks all the time. And if we're not careful, it can lead to a sense of disillusionment and despair. We perceive others to be in their purpose and in their zone, they're doing it, but we feel unsure. Like purpose is kind of like that carrot out in front of the donkey. Like we never quite really feel like we get there, right? And so if we're not careful, we can look at this almost like a combination lock kind of way. And, I, and it's like if, I, if, 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 if I'm talking about purpose, it's like, okay, so if I've, I've got to go 15 left and 32 right, and then back two times to 42, and then I'm going to unlock this thing. If I serve and, and, and do this and do that and attend and do these things, then I'm, all of a sudden it's going to kind of be uh, sort of brought out before me and it will just become like this like zen utopia moment. Ah, like, oh, that's what it is, you know. If I could give, serve, get involved, attend, go to this, say this, don't do this, do this, do this, wear this, don't wear that. Uh, maybe I just need holes in my jeans, and maybe you know, you know, what I'm saying like, we laugh, but like, come on, like, you know, it's it's a bit like that, right? Like, we can be, we can get to that point where we think we've got to fit in or do some things. We've got to actually try and find the combination to unlock this thing that God's promised for me, and it's not that at all. And and and, and if we're trying to find a combination to to unlock the safe. And because we want to know our purpose, 
and we want to unlock our purpose, we become focused on this thing beyond what it needs to be. You see, we shouldn't be focused on the prize, we should be focused on the person. The destination is not more important than the companion. The prize isn't purpose. <laughs> the combination lock never opens purpose. It unlocks a person. The serving, getting involved, attending this, the, the hope was that it would drive you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. More important than what we do is who we do it for and who we, who we do it with and who we do it for. It should always, always come back to Jesus. The closer you are to him, the more clearly you'll hear his voice. The closer you are to him, the more easily he can lead you. And therefore, it removes the striving. It's not about striving. It's just about coming closer. Ultimate contentment and satisfaction isn't found in our purpose. I'm telling you. It's not found. In, uh, Bex, has got the, <laughs> Bex has got this saying, and it's, 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 it's a classic Bex saying. She's not in the room, so I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, but she says that ministry is like the full briefs. It's like full briefs. Ministry, and she says, it ain't sexy. <laughs> ministry is like full briefs. It ain't sexy. And I think that's kind of a little bit on the, on the, but there's some truth in that. Like we can think that we, oh my gosh, you know, look, I, I'm, I get to pastor. I'm, oh, it's amazing. You know what? It's, 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 it's a lot of work. It's a lot of challenges. And I love it and all the rest of it. But it's like, come on, it's actually not easy. And this is never going to satisfy me. And the sum total of who I am is not this. And it can't be this. This is never going to satisfy Steve, never. In fact, if I, if I expect it to, I'm going to be very dissatisfied, discontented, and, and very dry. My, whatever I'm called to do cannot be the thing that's ultimate in my life. The caller is what should be ultimate in my life. The person of purpose should be ultimate in my life. And so when we try and make this, this, this call and this walk beyond what it should be, when we to make good things, God things, we had, I had an awesome chat with with uh, Matt about this uh, this weekend for coffee. When we make good things, God things, when we make things that are good things, but we make them ultimate things, we fall apart. They can never be what we expect them to be for us. And, uh, and so I just want to say that purpose starts with a person. It isn't about trying to actually unlock that combination of, to, to purpose. It's about coming closer to the person of Jesus Christ. As we move closer in a relationship with him, things just start to happen. And actually what we realize is that that thing that we thought we'd do, which is so, oh, purpose, 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 becomes like, hey, cool, I'll do this, I'll do that, whatever, God, I'll do whatever, but as long as I've got you, right? And that becomes the ultimate thing in our life. And then, you know, everything sort of opens up before us. Ultimate contentment and satisfaction isn't found in purpose. It's found in a person. It's found in Jesus, and I love this. I, after the story of Lazarus in John 11, you just flip over a chapter to John 12, and you see... This amazing moment, Jesus is on his way uh, to Jerusalem to be, um, to be crucified, basically. And he stops, I think it is in Bethany, and he has a meal with, with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And this is when um, Mary anoints his feet with perfume, and, and it's a beautiful scene. But I love it, it says this, and this is what I want, I want you to listen to this. Lazarus, let go to purpose, right? Raised from the, awakened to life, unbound to freedom, let go to purpose. And this is John 12, too. So they gave a dinner for him. They gave Jesus a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. I love that. That the freedom that came into Lazarus' life was, was it meant that one chapter later, he's just reclining at the table with Jesus, just chilling out, feet up in the presence of God. 
there's another interaction that Jesus has with Mary and Martha, and, 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 and Martha was annoyed because she was so busy serving and getting everything ready for Jesus. And, uh, and, Mary, and Mary's just at the feet of Jesus. And Martha's like, shouldn't my sister be helping me? I'm doing all this, I'm serving, and blah, 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 blah. And Jesus says, she's chosen the greater thing, to just rest, in the, just to be with me and to be at my feet. And to be with, she chose the greater thing, Don't, and I'm not going to take it away from her. There is a person of purpose. There is a, uh, there is a relationship, a, a closeness, an intimacy that everything else flows from. And so there's no point talking about purpose if we don't start there. That's the, that's the important part to understand the person of purpose. All right, point number two, the product of purpose. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 is the Great Commission. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. I love this that he says to those that were with him when he's raising Lazarus, let him go. And I love that in this moment, he's saying to his disciples, go therefore. There's a sense of, of go, let him go, go therefore. There's a sense of movement and purpose. And here's, I just want to say, this is it. The product of purpose is people. The product of purpose is people. I don't care what you're called to do, whatever it is that you, and there is so a multitude of things that God has called you to do that is His purpose for you to, works He's called you to do, but the outcome of your purpose is people. It's people, and Nelson Mandela says it this way, what counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived, is what difference we have made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. It's so true. The product of your purpose is people. And Andy Stanley, and I've, I, I, I bring this one up all the time, it really it, it was one of those moments when I heard it, it just shifted something in me and I, I hang on to it. It's, it's truth for me. But in, his, in Andy Stanley's leadership podcast, he talked about the catch of purpose, the catch of purpose. And he says it's the fine print of your calling. He says that purpose can be such a self-effacing and self-determining drive that we have. What's my purpose? What am I going to do? What's my calling? It can be very self-effacing. It can be very much centered around you, your satisfaction, your significance. And that purpose can be a means to our own end. Like it's for my joy and my satisfaction and my sense of significance. But he says that the catch of purpose is that it's, you're a means to someone else's end. That the, the call to Christ is a call to come and die. The call to Christ is to come and pick up your cross and to follow him. The call to Christ is, a, is an others-focused life. And that your purpose is to make a spiritual difference in the life of somebody else. That as you come into intimate relationship with Jesus, that love will overflow and will draw others. And through whatever way that God's wired you, it's going to be a way that's going to magnetize and draw people to him. It's going to be a, a testimony to the goodness of God, like Lazarus was. You know that, you know that it says that they were plotting to kill Lazarus because of the testimony of Lazarus, that the, 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 the Pharisees were like, okay, we can't just kill Jesus. We know how to kill this guy too because he was the one that Jesus raised from the dead. And so the, the, very, the very fact that Lazarus was awakened to life, persecution and trial came into his life. I'm getting ahead to point three. In this. But I'm just saying that there is challenges that will come into your world as you become a means for other people's end. The enemy, does, the enemy would rather you just be a self-centered Christian that feels like everything, everything, the world revolves around you and you're the center of the universe. If he, can get you, if he can't get you not from not believing in God, he'll get you believing that you are the centrality of everything. 
and, and have you in that place of chasing after, just chasing after and building your kingdom. And this is, the, and this is such a ch- challenge with the culture that we're surrounded in right now. But the call to Christ is a call to come and die. It's the call to come and, and lay down and to pick up and to live out uh, for the glory of God and for the, the benefit of others. To see fruitfulness in your life that is eternal. The product of p- your purpose is people. People awaken to life. People unbound to freedom. People let go to purpose. This is the call for every single one of those that follow Jesus. And then I've got my third P. Are you ready? The perseverance of purpose. And this is a, a, a real critical one. And I just mentioned it, that there was a plot to kill Lazarus. Let me read it to you. This is John 12, 9 to 11. When a large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Don't you love to see this? Don't you love to see? I mean, not that he was under perseverance, to, not that people were plotting to kill him, but that the outcome of him being awakened to life, the outcome of his story of the miraculous change is, is, is other people coming to believe in Jesus that this was so challenging that there was a plot to kill him. And I just wonder, I just wonder, what is the plot of the enemy to get you out of your purpose? What is the plot of the enemy to, to subdue you and to, 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 to get you in a place where you're, you are ineffective and you are rendered in that place and to try and shut you down, shut your, your voice down, shut your testimony down? It says that, I see this perseverance is the proving ground of purpose. It's the proving ground of purpose, There will be opposition to your progress. The battle is real. People's lives are at stake. This is a spiritual warfare that we're in. Now, I'm not, I'm not wanting to paint a picture of like this cosmic battle and we don't know who's going to win. Like the, the end is decided. Christ is victorious, amen. We, we know the outcome, but whilst we are in the middle of the story and the end is a coming, we have a part to play in seeing other people brought into the family of God. And so there's going to be a battle against you stepping into your purpose. There's a battle against you fulfilling the mandate in your, on your life because your, what's on your life will, will forever and eternally change another person's life. Big stakes on the table here. Big stakes are on the table. I like saying big stakes on the table. It's good. Big stakes. <laughs> Brene Brown in her book, said that the airplane takes off because of the resistance, not in spite of it, right? When you feel resistance, hardship, opposition, struggle, don't park the airplane in the hangar, throttle down, get up, keep going, don't quit, and you will soar. Strength through, sorry, there is triumph through the trial, strength through the struggle, and purpose in the pain, so don't give up. Hardship, trials, challenges could be the evidence you're on the right track, can I get a name in? When you're when you're when you're coming up against hardship and trials and, and and just these it feels like constant battles and it feels uphill, it might be just the evidence you're on the right track. There is always gonna be an opposition to the spiritual advancement of the kingdom of God. 
But we will be victorious. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is called. No, he can, you cannot, cannot be stopped. The power of the presence of God cannot be stopped. Greater is he that is in you than what is around in your family and friends' life. The power of God is greater than anything that we encounter. God can break through anything. We just, it's about just not quitting and just busting through. Come on, we need to. Keep turning up. We need to keep serving, keep praying, keep worshiping, keep giving, keep encouraging, keep hoping, keep believing. Stay faithful. Uh, God is a rewarder of faithfulness. I love Pastor Joel's message. Wasn't it great? Success in this season looks like faithfulness. When everything in you wants to quit, you keep going. There is perseverance required for your purpose. Come on, God is working in you steadfastness through the trial. James talks about this. He is strengthening you. He's refining you. He's building character. He's building trust. And the question I, I, I ask myself is, who do I run to in the trial? Who do I run to when things get tough? Who am I turning to? It's a good question to ask ourselves. Come on, perseverance is the proving ground of purpose. God is building something in you. God is building in a level of trust and dependency upon him. He will bring things into your world that you can't get through, that you can't overcome in your own strength. It's going to require the strength of Christ. It's going to require his coming through for you. It's going to require a leaning and a faith for the breakthrough. It's all through Scripture. It's not any different for you or for me. So this morning, I know we don't have bands and music and twinkly keys, but I want to pray for us this morning. Are we focused on the prize or are we focused on the person? Are we focused on the destination or are we focused on the companion? Remember, the prize isn't purpose. The prize is a person. Jesus Christ, that's the prize. There's nothing greater. Here's the prize called be our pursuit and our passion.